Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but they can help us all to grow. For those of you that haven't listened before, this is the podcast where we spend some time catching up, share a recommendation of something we've loved, and then go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant to right now. These are often quite big topics and the things not a lot of people are discussing, but are often thinking about. Please don't forget to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on, because it makes a huge difference to us. And we're always very grateful. So my love, how are you doing? It's It's been a week. It has. It? it has been a week. It feels like feels like it's been two weeks since we last recorded it feels like a lot's happened in that yes. time in a lot of different ways um mm-hmm. I actually have no idea what I want to say no I, I feel like I felt like we need to address the elephant in the room which is the supreme court ruling on Ro- Roe v Wade um yeah and I know we're not based in America we're not Americans it doesn't directly affect us it's really like it's just fucking awful isn't it it is like I I just couldn't couldn't actually believe it when I saw the news notification mm-hmm. like you you just cannot fathom that we have gone backwards like I say we I mean again I know it's not directly affecting us but all of these things cause a ripple effect in some way in the way that that yeah. politics is changing in a way that I perceive and I know a lot of people perceive is is for the worse like we we are moving backwards it feels like and it is so shocking and it should be shocking to everyone like not just shocking because we're women and that's a a right over women's bodies that's been removed like it should be shocking to everyone that that's something that has been done and taken away Mm. there's just that feeling of terror and solidarity I guess Mm -hmm. like and that despair because you think back in the 1950s you can understand to a point why people may have thought this but all these years later when we have so much more understanding and we should have moved on further in society to not feel the need to be involved in everyone's decisions in all of their lives and we also understand the medical implications of what abortions can do and how they can be so life-saving you would have thought by this point we wouldn't still be here and I think that's what scares me is because it throws into really sharp contrast that the people making the laws in our societies aren't always the people who are qualified to make the laws in our societies I think maybe that's well. I think that is the issue because obviously, yes, this is a conversation about abortion, but it's also a conversation about like socio economic privilege because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, this ruling is going to. I mean, it's going to impact a lot of women, but it is going to even more significantly impact the women who do not have disposable income or access Mm -hmm. to money or the means to travel to another state and if there's already not the funding for like better sexual education better sexual health clinics or access to contraception then it it is literally a a vicious circle it will continue and like we keep seeing everywhere abortions will not stop but those women will seek out unsafe abortions and there will be more lives lost than there would be if this had not been done And I think as well, the thing that breaks me even more 
is there are states in which now abortion is banned with no exception. Mm-hmm. So it's not even that it's, oh, my opinion is that this isn't right. It's I'm ignoring medical evidence that says the only way to save this person's life if they're having an ectopic pregnancy or a Mr. Miscarriage or so many other things, we're, we're taking that away. And there mm-hmm. are women who want the babies who and their partners will be terrified for them and their safety has been compromised because of something the bible doesn't even fucking say like yeah. you i i don't know i it breaks my heart because i think so and i know so many women listening to this podcast right now will be have been like me and you and i hope you don't mind me saying this where mm-hmm. over the years we've sat there in the bathroom looking at that stick praying that the second line doesn't appear but knowing that if it does we would have options yeah Mm -hmm. even though those options might be horrific and terrifying and scary and horrible things to go through we would have options that's the thing not having the option is even more scary to think about like I cannot imagine being in one of those states and thinking god if something goes like if I don't want to say like worst case because obviously I know it's not worst case and it's like hopefully one day I will have children but to be in a situation where I would think I am not ready to have children but I would have Mm. no other option available to me that is a really terrifying thought yeah to think there will be children having children as a result of this sickens me well this is the other aspect of it obviously you mentioned the medical the lives that could be lost because of medical complications but what about like are they saying that like are we giving rapists more rights than the survivor <laughs> yeah. of rape like that like rape incest like i i know these are really triggering topics to discuss but this is actually what this law is like is saying right now and that's just what i cannot that's fathom what And the thing I always come back to, always come back to is you don't have to like abortions. You don't have to want a fucking abortion. You just have to give other women the option. No one is forcing you to do that, but you are forcing someone else to not do something that could save them. And you know what? If you want to say you're pro-life, dear God, please then confront the gun issues, the welfare state, the maternity leave issues poverty issues and that's not just in the US like there will be people in the UK going well I'm pleased they've done it because that's the right thing no Mm. you can't go after one thing and not look at the root causes and it just it saddens me as well because I just think there's going to be so much unnecessary suffering and I also had no idea how expensive it was to have an abortion in the US Mm. like that's a horrific thing I learned this weekend as well. So not only are you in an awful situation, but in those, you have to be able to afford to make a heartbreaking decision and put your yeah. body through that. Like, honestly. And this is where I think it becomes a women's issue and not just a conversation about pro-life or pro-choice. It is. Yeah. Uh, it 
becomes a women's issue because like you said if they were really pro-life they would be addressing all of the other issues that there are but they're not instead they're targeting a woman's right to choose why is that specific thing been targeted like because it's exercising control like I I just to me it seems so hypocritical so hypocritical that they would argue pro-life and yet none of these other glaring issues are fixed I just I really hope that come the autumn things can be done to get the right people in the positions where safeguards can be put in place I guess like Mm-hmm. but to think it would take something so extreme to galvanize the electorate is really terrifying in itself and I I think it's a lesson to all of us isn't it I think a lot of things have happened in the political landscape over the past five or so years that we've all kind of gone oh that will never happen and then it happens yeah and yeah this is it's a reminder isn't it and uh, yeah any anyone who's listening who is in the same level of despair as us or now facing a really horrific decision um we we're just sending love like it's horrific that there are no words yeah and I wish though like I appreciate there are things that we can do but also we are limited being from the UK but I hope I hope it does galvanise people to vote in the US, but I also yeah. hope it galvanises people in the UK and other countries who realise that yes. like the power that they have is to vote. If they don't want the same things to happen and if they want to see the change that they want to see, that they come yeah. out and vote because that that is the main power that we have at the end of the day. And it is a privilege to vote. Like yes. not everyone has that opportunity. Yeah. I. That's what I think... I guess positive is definitely the wrong word to use in this, but the outcome of this that I have found quite um, reassuring, I guess, is that whilst a lot of the rhetoric has been very angry and rightly so, there has also been a lot of very cut and dry educational comment pieces on this of going, you might not think abortion is right, but what about the medical situation? And you might think that your vote doesn't make a difference, but this is how it makes a difference. And I do think there's real value to giving people the facts because not everyone who thinks differently to you is a bad person. Most people are not bad people. Um, And it is a, a step in the right direction, I think, to be having the more like, taking the emotion out of some of these situations actually. And reminding people of the power they can have through education. Yeah. Yeah. I, we are in the privileged position to have an education and be able to exercise that right and that knowledge that we have, then we should all be doing it. Like, I really, really hope that more people realise how important it is to to use that education and to use their vote. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're right. We're so we're so privileged. We're so lucky to have it. Um, and I think if if anything, this needs to be a wake up call for everyone. Um, and hopefully, we will see change in a positive direction again. And 
protections put in place i know some states have already said you know we're not we will not be um banning abortion we will not be supporting states who kind of run inquiries about people who have sought out abortions a lot of even amazon for christ's sake have come out and said that they will support and fund the like trips people might need to make like jesus christ if amazon are saying it amazon and disney were the two that really shocked me that they came out and so open because i know traditionally disney has kind of shied away from anything that's less than like the magical image that they are but they came out and said the same thing as well yeah and i thought that was really good and a lot of um like wearable tech companies and period trackers and stuff like that those based particularly those based in the eu have released statements about like reassuring customers how their data is used and all of that sort of thing and i i think that's a really positive thing that those who don't support are being vocal about it yeah i mean it shouldn't have had to happen in the first place but it is powerful to see those those responses yeah um i don't really know how we segue into anything else or recommendations so i feel like it's just going to have to be clunky and (laughs) but there's an element of i guess you know it's what what most of us have been thinking about for the past few days I know it's occupied a lot of my thoughts in the past few days Mm -hmm. um and that you're the same so yeah Mm -hmm. sending love but in the interest of continuing to move on do you want to share your recommendation yes so my recommendation this week is so it's a weird one because it's kind of a person recommendation um okay but only because I've discovered her and then now I've consumed all of the media related to her um and it's Esther Perel oh I love it when oh no I don't think I know her hold on googling (laughs) or instagramming because I never look anything up on google so hold on I I think it was actually um Asia our friend Asia who recommended her podcast to me because well she has two podcasts actually she has oh she has how's work and what's her other one called I can't even remember now um where should we begin yeah that's it so I started listening to how's work and for anyone who doesn't know Esther Perel is um she's a psychotherapist um specializing in couples therapy um so that's what her podcast where do we begin is about they're one-off um recorded therapy conversations obviously the details of people have been changed so it's not identifiable but she has these very big um emotional and in-depth conversations in a a single therapy session and her other podcast how's work focuses on all of those big conversations that come with our career and our job and she basically does the same thing. She does like couples therapy, but with colleagues, with journalists, with friends who have been disrupted in their work life. Like there's so many different aspects that she addresses and all of the topics are, even though this podcast finished in 2021, they're all like timeless topics. Things like having difficult conversations at work, addressing your work-life balance, burnout, disillusionment with your career, workplace dynamics. Like there's so many different aspects that she covers and one of them was the one that I mentioned to you about the two sisters who one was really successful and one felt stuck in a 
in a job that she felt like had had nowhere to go and was very non-receptive to advice because she was had quite like a kind of I don't want to say victim mentality but she didn't really do anything to help herself out of it so in this therapy session Esther comes up with a plan to help her out the situation she's in and then I also listened to her on an episode of the 10% Happier podcast and in that conversation it is really good I I love it some of the episodes are really long Um, I would definitely like cherry pick what you're listening to there but in that one she's talking about how to keep friendships from imploding and she's talking about how the quality of your relationships determine the quality of your life and she's not talking about romantic relationships or relationships with your family she's talking about the impact of friendships and how they can be massive contributors to mental health like they can be a source of huge happiness but also if they go wrong they can also be this kind of source of real misery and struggle and she says there's still love and commitment and intimacy in friendships it doesn't just belong to romantic couples but also friendships are unique in that they're the only relationships you really choose and you choose from a Mm -hmm. young age and they're probably the only relationships that can kind of she describes it really well like atrophy because if you have a breakup it's usually a very like set breakup with someone or yeah if you cut off relationships with your family it's usually a very set like decision but she says like you don't know when the last text you send is the last text to your friend like it can be a really unique situation so anyway I could speak about her all day but Um, both of her podcasts are absolutely fantastic she is so knowledgeable and she's I mean she speaks she's fluent in nine languages she has TED talks with over 30 million views like she knows what she's talking about like she is just so insightful um languages I know it's incredible so yeah I would just really recommend listening to her some like some of her stuff because I think she has some really interesting things to to say Okay, adding it to the list. For some reason, this is my own shit. I should probably discuss this in therapy, but um, the term psychotherapist really intimidates me. I feel like someone's going to tell me that I'm like, I'm fraud or something. But I think actually that's why I should listen to this because it sounds like it'll be very beneficial for me. She refers to us, I think she's like a qualified psychotherapist, but she refers to herself as a couples therapist. Like that's her day job in quotation marks. So interesting. Yeah, uh, 100% recommend. Um, what is your recommendation this week? Okay, so I have a book. It's a fiction book. It's called Lucky and it's by Marissa Stapley. And it's the perfect summer read. It's really gripping, really interesting, lots of twists and turns that you don't see coming, but it's also quite an easy, light read. And it's about a woman called Lucky who is a con artist. And essentially this con goes horrifically wrong. Um, but she finds out she's won the lottery and she can essentially try and right all the wrongs with the lottery winnings but in order to claim the lottery ticket she would get arrested because of the law she's broken so you kind of it's it like jumps throughout time periods from like the mid 80s to like the mid noughties um and you kind of get a picture of her life and how she got to this position and the real like morality struggle of her fundamentally being a good person but someone who makes bad decisions like awful decisions and it is I think it might mm, I don't know now maybe it isn't I thought it was being turned into a movie I could be wrong 
but it is part of Reese Witherspoon's book club. So I wouldn't be surprised if it does get turned into a movie. I think if you enjoyed um, The Last Thing He Ever Told Me or We Were Never Here or even something like Money Heist, I think you'd really enjoy this book. I read it very quickly. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting, fun. It did make me laugh, but it had some really beautiful heartfelt moments as well. And it isn't it isn't as predictable as some that I've read, which I enjoyed. I haven't even heard of this, but it sounds so interesting. It sounds really, really good. It's right up your street, like completely right up your street. Yeah. Um, it came up, I think one of my favorite pastimes, because I'm so incredibly cool, is going through my Kindle recommended. Sometimes I just sit in bed and scroll through the daily deals. And Oh, mate, I do this all the time. I do it probably every it. other day, especially so I can see if any of my wish list items are yes. down to 99p. <laughs> exactly. And this was down to 199 And I thought, this sounds interesting. Let's give it a go. And it is brilliant. But it's just so fun to scroll through. Unrelated but important side note, you can now pre-order Thursday Murder Club number three. Um, because that comes out on the 15th of September. So there's a little late birthday present for you there. I did also see that on mine yesterday. And I was like, oh God, I need to do this. I need to get it. But I, I actually also... don't know how I'm going to get it because I won't. Wait, no, I get it on my, oh my God, don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> you can read it on a piece of technology. Don't yeah. worry. Like, how do I get it sent to me? <laughs> All right, oh, Grandma. <laughs> I also um, pre-ordered Candice Brathwaite's new book cuts both ways um which is her debut fiction novel which comes out in a few weeks time which I just can't wait for um yeah I'm I'm very excited about it um but yeah lucky is brilliant summer read it's an easy read but it's not an easy like the thing I hate when people say it's an easy read and it's like it doesn't keep you engaged and it feels a bit like flighty this isn't that at all Mm. Okay, I'm gonna uh, gonna check my Google books and see if it's on offer. Yes, it was last week, so it might still be. Okay, I'm gonna have a look. That sounds so good. Yeah, I feel like you will love this. Shall we move on to this week's topic? Yes. So this week we wanted to have a conversation about why the perfect feminist and the perfect version of feminism just doesn't exist, but why that's completely fine. In a weird way, this is a very timely episode to do, um, and it definitely wasn't planned like that. We plan our topics out weeks and weeks in advance, but actually, with everything we were discussing earlier and everything that's happened in the past kind of week or so, it feels even more relevant to have this conversation because it feels like whilst a lot of us do want one another to succeed and thrive and have independence and freedom of choice, Sometimes we can get really caught up on the minutia and whether we are the perfect feminist and kind of the complexities of just being human beings who have conflicting views and sometimes it problematic ourselves. I think that's such a key point because like, at the end of the day, feminism is about women having equal opportunities and us advocating for a level playing field. Like that's, that's all that it is. But somehow there's been this kind of distortion of, of what feminism represents, and especially by the media as well. There's all of this bad press about how feminists are men, man haters mm-hmm. and all of that kind of thing. But 
at the end of the day, it is about equality. And I think it's so easy for us to get wrapped up, like you said, in the minutiae, in those small kind of worries that we have. Like, I know I often feel guilty if I do something and I think, oh, God, does that make me does that make me a bad feminist? And then I'm so busy worrying Mm. about whether whether I've done the right thing. I think trying to be a feminist, you get a lot of guilt that comes with that because I feel like I'm always analysing my choices and can they be deemed like quote feminist and it can create a lot of internal conflict when really Mm. we should all be uniting under the common meaning of what feminism is that ultimately we're just looking for equality yeah like when we think of how broad the spectrum of feminism is I think ever focusing on if you ever focus on the tiny elements of it then of course it's not going to work there is no one size fits all there is no quote-unquote right version of feminism because every woman's experience is different and you think of kind of the different intersections of feminism whether that's your race that your sexuality the gender you identify as your um like your cultural heritage where you live your class your educate there's so many different things of course if you go down to the absolute minutiae it's not going to work for everyone but I think this is one of those things where if you take a step back and you go, do you know what? I'm not going to do this perfectly, but I'm going to try and I'm going to keep in my mind the key things I'm going after. I think actually feminism then becomes something really wonderful and empowering and a really inclusive and supportive community to be in because, you know, we've, all of us have been brought up to compete as women to compete with one another for men, for jobs, for money, for everything. So actually it's no wonder then that often our first thoughts can be quite judgmental towards other women, even if we are trying our best to be and live by strong feminist principles. I think that's the thing that there are, there is no feminist manifesto. Like it's not, when you look at the history of feminism, it's not a cause that's rooted in perfection. Like there's no, there's been no historic expectation of perfection. And exactly like you said, it's, you'll never, there will never be a universal version of a feminist because there's not a universal experience for every woman. Like obviously the traditional version, like second wave feminism was very white version of feminism. Now we acknowledge that there are so many different experiences that we can't, even as women with that collective experience, we still don't all have the same experience. But I think it's really interesting what you said about like the the kind of expectation or just how it's been drilled into us so subconsciously to judge other women. Like it is shocking to me to this day and yet I know that I do it as well and we've both spoken about it that kind of snap initial judgment that you make of another woman's outfit choices or yeah something that a woman watches or does or but I think that's the thing is that initial judgment as soon as you have that self-awareness you can correct it with like your like follow-up thought if that makes sense yeah yeah it goes back to that expression doesn't it that you're not responsible for your first thought but you are responsible for your second And so you Mm. might see a woman in the street and go, oh my God, she looks fucking awful in that outfit. Why is she wearing that? But actually your second thought needs to be, hold up, hold up. That's a horrible thing. Why do I think that? Where is that coming from? It's probably coming because we've had the media 
push a very certain ideal of what beautiful and good looking and well-dressed is for our entire lives. So actually deeply ingrained into our brain is that mechanism that goes, that does not fit that mold, therefore is bad. Mm. And I think if we focus too much on beating ourselves up for having those incorrect and problematic first thoughts we waste energy that we could be spending on confronting it as our second thought and Mm. similarly to what we were saying earlier it doesn't mean that you have to agree with everyone it doesn't mean that you have to want the same as every other woman but it does mean that you need to defend their right for it like I might not want to be a stay-at-home mum but I'll bloody make sure that if you want to be, you can be and you fucking enjoy it and that, you know, the state will support that and that you get to do that out of choice. Equally, if a woman decides she doesn't want to have a child, she shouldn't have to. If she decides she doesn't want to, I don't know, if she decides she doesn't want to go to university, fine. If she wants to go and graduate and get 10 masters, brilliant. You don't have to want to do the same thing. You just have to want them to have the option to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's the bottom line, isn't it? Like feminism can be the version that's right for you. Like you don't have Mm. to burn your bras in the street. You don't equally, if you don't want to shave under your armpit, like like all of those kind of stereotypes, you can do those or you don't have to do those. There's no right or wrong. But what it does mean is supporting all women in the choices that they make about their life, their their yeah. body, what they wear, what they watch, what they do, and supporting those choices without judgment, even if you wouldn't make that same decision yourself. Because just yes. because you wouldn't do it, it doesn't mean that they don't have the right to do it. Like- Completely. And I think it's about questioning some things as well, like, you're allowed to want to shave your legs, but just take a moment to ask, why are you doing that? Are you doing that because you feel like you have to, to be deemed pretty and successful? Or are you doing it? Because actually that feeling of getting into clean sheets with freshly shaven legs and feeling like a little dolphin is brilliant because that's why I do it. (laughs) It's so true. Like there's those things that I know that I do or I watch or I enjoy. I'm like, God, does this make me a bad feminist? Like if I watch a like a 90s rom-com we all know that they're a bit they're a bit problematic and the stereotypical like trope of the woman being rescued by the man that doesn't mean that I can't enjoy a good 90s rom-com like I I bloody love it and the same if you like enjoy watching the Kardashians obviously they've done a lot of problematic things but they're also making the decision to do what they want to do and also it's your decision if you want to watch the Kardashians like yeah and I think there's this constant questioning of, oh, does this make me a bad feminist? Or even like buying beauty products. We all know that the beauty industry is problematic for the image that it perpetuates of women. doesn't mean you can't really enjoy using makeup and putting on makeup because Mm -hmm. it makes you feel good about yourself. Like this is the thing. If we constantly overthink all of these little minutiae of feminism, we're actually never going to get anywhere because it's, it's all about the, the bigger issues and the space you create for other women more so than what TV show you're watching. I couldn't agree more. And I think the stuff about the beauty industry is so interesting because it's one that so many of us have a real battle with. On the one hand, I know that I'm conditioned to want to wear makeup, et cetera, et cetera, because of what I grew up seeing and certain beauty standards, et cetera. 
On the other hand, the excitement of getting new makeup delivered to my door when I've placed a big cult beauty order is fucking amazing. And you're allowed to do both things. You're allowed to have contradictory or just different, you know, opinions. The difference is if you're only buying the makeup because you want to be accepted or you're only shaving because you think it's gross if you don't, it's like, that's a problem. But if it's just because you fancy it and next week you might go full 70s bush, that's also fine. There's a um, there's a really good interview with Roxanne Gay because she talks about her book, The Bad, uh, Bad Feminist, and she does an interview with Time. And she actually says in that that like there's there's no perfect version of feminism. And she says she embraces the label of bad feminism because I'm human. I'm messy. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be an example. Mm-hmm. She said it's about reconciling contradictions, how to ask tough questions about the world and feminism while still admitting to our humanity and enjoying sometimes inappropriate things. If even yes. she is acknowledging that it's about those bigger questions and like, I think as long as you can see that there's what understand what the problematic aspects are, if you, to know watch a certain movie or that doesn't pass the Bechdel test or whatever I think acknowledging the problematic nature of these things is important but it shouldn't stop you from doing them if you genuinely enjoy doing them watching them whatever it is I also think the goalposts are constantly moving we're constantly evolving as a society learning more questioning more like take sex in the city for example When that was released, Mm. that was absolutely fucking groundbreaking. You hadn't had a group of young, single women living their lives on their own term, having casual sex, talking about masturbation, all of that sort of thing on the telly before. That wasn't a thing. But if you watch Sex and the City today, you can see that actually there's a lot of really problematic stuff in there. But you've got to kind of, you you can do both. You can look at it and go, this was a piece of feminine iconography in the late 90s and also go, but that doesn't mean that's still okay. And I think having that awareness of things changing and constantly questioning and ensuring that you're challenging your own deep held beliefs is far more important than whether you go for naked roll mat or naked roll mat, naked mole rat or 70s bush, quite frankly. When we get caught up in the tiny details, that's when we get distracted from the big things. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think that that's a really important point that I've seen a lot of people making in the recent conversations since Roe v. Wade was overturned, that Mm -hmm. if we are so caught up in all of the different conversations and the reasons why you may or may not agree or what your stance is on abortion or all of these different aspects that you can consider we then become even more divided whatever your reasoning is for supporting something you need to support it and you can show up however feels right for you in that way but if we're all so busy nitpicking each other's arguments or whether we're the best version of a feminist we can be we're actually never going to make progress and I do think you have to see these things in the context of like paving the way like sex in the city Mm. it happened with feminism like when women first won the right to vote that paved the way for feminism but that version of feminism was white middle class not diverse at all and obviously now that's incredibly problematic when we acknowledge how narrow-minded that stance was at the time 
it was revolutionary. And I think we yeah. just have to see all of these stages as paving the way for the next progression and the next progression without mm. overanalyzing ourselves it so much that we just like stagnate and do nothing. And isn't it bloody freeing to realize that you don't have to be perfect and that you can move a movement forward and contribute positively without having to be perfect every single day you and I will say and do things that are not the quote-unquote perfect feminist thing to do or say some days I wake up and I'm like oh god I just kind of want to have a sugar daddy and not have to work anymore that's not really what I want and then I'm like oh my god that makes me a bad person for saying that and then I'm judging other women who do choose to live that lifestyle no do you know what that's not worth putting your energy in that direction and there is far more benefit to be had by us focusing on the good and the things we have in common rather than just fighting over all the tiny things because ultimately it doesn't matter whether you think someone should or shouldn't have Botox what matters is they have the freedom to make that choice it's it comes down to the fundamental or it should come down to the fundamentals at the end of the day like the fundamental of equality and raising each other up just because you don't agree with someone's choice it doesn't mean you can't support them in having the freedom to make that choice and I think that's applicable whether whether that choice is to watch sex in the city or whether that choice is to get an abortion like it doesn't like whichever end of the spectrum you want to look at this from it's supporting that freedom of choice yeah I couldn't agree more we know this week's topic has been a big one. There's been a lot of discussed, a lot of things discussed, but as always, we would love to hear your thoughts. So please do get in touch in the contact details below. Again, we are thinking of everyone in unimaginably, unimaginably tough situations right now, but we hope you'll be back next week for our new episode. Stay safe and we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.